What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. It is Thursday, October 26th at 6.20 p.m. And I am here with The Pickle, Bill Sr., and our boy, Patty Shambro. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? We are good. What do you hear? What do you say? We're doing all right. Hop along, case of each. Um, yeah. Okay, how do you guys want to start this? Do you want to start with the good, or do you want to start with the bad? Uh, I think we're going to spend a lot of time on the bad. So, why don't we uh, want to get that out of the way? It yeah, it may seems take like we had a lot more bad. Yeah. Okay. Finish, so what we'll, try to try to finish on a high note. Absolutely. Okay. I, okay, that sounds good. So, um, the Devils came off of a good win in Montreal, which we'll touch on towards the end of the podcast because that looked like a really solid performance overall. But what we saw last night was the tale of two stories, and it was one of the sloppiest games that I've seen the team play in a very long time. Uh, Patty, you were at the game, right? I was, yep. And uh, I was there too. We had uh, Kyle had come up from Florida and he was with us. The vibe was good. There was a packed house. Um, The weather was beautiful. And everyone felt really good coming off of this win versus Montreal on Wednesday night after the team looked like the 2022-23 team. And then we had... We had a lot of things aligned for us. We had Washington is old. Washington is slow. They haven't won. uh, I believe they've dropped three in a row at that point. And we had um, Hunter Shepard was playing his first ever NHL game. There was a lot of opportunity for the Devils to build momentum off of their off of their win on Wednesday night or Tuesday night. That was. But that was not the case at all. And we ran into another situation where the devils come out flat and it it's not this isn't you know this is bigger than brendan smith you know what i mean like this is a this is brendan smith is not going to be brought up on this on this episode um because we have much bigger problems and we could start in net now there was a lot of there were a lot of plays where there was defensive breakdowns throughout the entire night, but Akira Schmid has not looked good so far this season. And this is one of the things that we continue to talk about as I want to keep running him out, keep letting him play, 
see what we have in him. He's somebody that there's rumors about contract contract extension being talked about already. The Devils like signing their players prior to their, you know, getting in on them early, getting value in their contracts. But the truth is, this kid hasn't played enough games. We really don't know what we have. He played, he was monumental in the Ranger playoffs uh, series. He, he saved us that series. I'm not going to take anything away from him. I really like him. I think he's very, he has a lot of composure and he seems like he's, he's smart and, to be a goaltender, you have to be able to kind of have a short memory, and I think he has all that. He plays structurally really well. He's big. He checks all the boxes. So let me just get it out of the way first that I'm a big Akira Schmid fan, but recently it has been ugly, damn ugly. Uh, he's rocking a 4.07 goals against average. He let up three goals on eight shots last night, a save percentage of 8.63. You know, this is one of the things that the Devils and their fan base had worried about coming into the season. Were they going to have the the net minding that is going to take you on a deep playoff run? I mean, this is a team that has high expectations. I like what I've seen out of Vanacek, but I don't know. I mean, Dad, do you seriously feel comfortable? I mean, I'm not hitting the panic button just yet, but it's been a while. He got rocked twice in Carolina in the playoffs, so he's coming off of three bad starts. Think about the playoffs last year. He came off of those great games where he saved the series for the Devils versus the Rangers, but then he got rocked in Carolina where he was pulled twice. Um and before that, he'd only played 18 regular season games. The team was really good in front of him. What do you, I mean, how do you feel about Schmid being just a backup moving forward? Or what do you think the future is for Schmid moving forward? Because um, they're going to have to make a decision on if they're going to try to trade for a goalie, if they want to extend Vanacek, and what they want to do with Schmid's contract. So there's a lot riding on the performance of Schmid and um, right now, I'm sure there's a lot of question marks in the air when it comes to Tom Fitzgerald. I mean, so where do your thoughts, uh, Dad? Well, obviously, obviously he hasn't gotten off to a good start. Um, last year, he had a good save percentage. I don't go by goals against. I go by save percentage. How many, you know, how many times he's stopping it from going in? And last night, last night, was so sloppy i mean he was even in position a couple times and just you know gave up the easy goal i think uh one of the goals he he had his pad down on the ice which would have blocked it and he wound up lifting his pad to let it in um i don't think you could blame him for a poor defense but eight you're gonna have to do better than eight six seven save percentage uh he's gonna have to play better than that so do I do I have confidence in him? Not yet. He he and what's crazy is he even the shots that he saved, he was out of position. He was, he out was of giving up big multiple, rebounds. Multiple shots. He was out of position and he was late reacting. He fought the puck the entire night. And the one of the, you know, if you remember the playoffs last year, I was like, he was like leaking a lot of goals. Like they were just like kind of right. going through him. And I kind of felt the same way. Last night I I, I was at the game and I just remember watching 
him being like he he wasn't playing his angles correctly and me and I I was thinking to myself what is going on Patty I mean what are your what are your thoughts on this situation uh he looked out of place throughout the game uh I really felt that the only goal that seemed unstoppable during the entire game even with Vanacek playing was Dylan Strom's second goal um just all around bad performance on the goalies but also the while while uh, Akira Schmidt did not look good, um, the defense pretty much as a whole looked just as sloppy. Every single D-man on the team was on the ice for at least one goal last night, and that's just unacceptable. Uh, you like granted, I I'm 100% with the pickle eight six seven save percentage, not going to cut it. But at the end of the day, he wasn't getting any favors, and especially in that they only only played the one period. The Devils had two shots in the first period, one in the first 10 minutes. That is not doing your goaltender any, any favors, especially one that's struggling. So just all around, while we can point the finger at Akira Schmid for that first period, and I was one to point his finger at him, but it was a team effort in that first period. Just generally all around, sloppy, not going to get it done. Yes, Akira Schmidt needs to make those saves, and he was out of position, but so was the entire team. And that's kind of where my head at, is at right now. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I was just talking about Schmidt just yeah. as like just to start it off as like we'll start from yeah. almost like the back, the back out, and we'll play yeah. from the net out. I mean, how many more games? Like, if it's you, I mean, do you think they're running Schmidt out there again tomorrow night? No. No, they're not. No, Vanacek is playing tomorrow. They can't. They cannot put Schmidt out there. You, you right. cannot. I don't, the team will not feel comfortable with Schmidt out there. You have to play Vanacek. Vanacek's the guy. I mean, I, you know, you. I've been saying it. Vanacek is the guy. He gave up an, uh, a couple, of, uh, one easy one, but he is the guy. Um, maybe Vanacek. Maybe Sh- I mean Schmidt. Maybe he just needs a little break. I don't know. Maybe he just needs a sit. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe, I, maybe the poor guy needs to play with with a lead. Yeah, me, that I mean, too. We haven't. We, yeah, we haven't scored the first goal yet. Well, he year. let up three goals on each shot, so it's really kind of hard to have a lead. He did. But, he and, did. I actually see. I kind of look at it the other way. I look at it as like when you have somebody in a funk, you kind of like. I think they're gonna play him. Yeah. I think they should play him again. I, I do. I think. I think they should let him fight his way out of so, it. It's like. If he, if, listen, so last night, if that, if it, they didn't score and they weren't up three goals on us so early in the game to where the Devils actually thought that they had a chance to come back, which we'll get into, if it wasn't the first intermission and it was the second intermission and he let up three goals, let's say he, let's say Washington didn't get too many shots on net in the first period. And then in the third period, they had eight shots and they scored three goals on him. I think they leave him in and I think they make him tough yeah. it out, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. But I think that the Devils thought they had a chance to win the game. They knew that if they left Schmidt in, he didn't have it last night, so they gave Vanacek a chance. I think that it's important for them to kind of go back to him and let him work his way out of this because they need to know what they have sooner rather than later. I'm not even saying tomorrow, but he's obviously going to play between – he's either going to play tomorrow or he's going to play on Sunday, and he needs to, like, get his confidence back. And the only way to get your confidence back is to get some, get some reps. You know what I mean? At what, at what point, um, you know, we have been nervous coming. We were nervous coming into the season about the goaltending. Obviously 
extremely nervous coming into the season last season for the goaltending. And then the year before that, it was just a nightmare. Um, at what point do the Devils make a change at goaltending coach? Dave Rogalski has been with the staff since 2020, and he has not developed a single goaltender in our system. He had a he had a right. great he had a great run uh, with the Blues and the, the major um, major hands in the development of Jordan Bennington, but he has not developed a guy since he's been here. I mean, we we got right. we kind of got a finished product with VTech last year. You know, he had the experience playing on a good team, and the Devils were a perfect fit for VTech last year because they were going to score goals and they had a good defense in front of them, a veteran defense in front of them. At what point do we do we point the finger at Dave Rogalski and say, "Hey, this guy's not this guy's not doing it"? Uh, and right. I, that that was kind of my point last night. Is like we have no confidence in. And the way our goalies are being prepped, the way they're being uh, vet groomed, groomed right. just yeah. zero confidence. Yeah, it, it doesn't help. I mean, you know, Schmidt did have two hip surgeries, and then Nico Dawes, he kind of looked good, but he was, you know, he's injured too. The Devils, you're you're right. I mean, the Devils haven't had much luck when it comes to when it comes to grooming a young netminder. Um, but like you brought up it's going to be really hard for any goalie to play well in front of the defense that the devils, that the goalies had to face last night. I mean, last night's game to me looked like the freaking Harlem Globetrotters. You know what I mean? Like they were, it was the sloppiest. They couldn't make it. They couldn't make passes tape to tape. They tried to do so many different things that no one knew what they were doing. They were running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And Everyone like everyone wanted to make the game more complicated than it had to be. Nobody wanted to make the simple play. Like everything had to be this elaborate, you know, skilled play. And it goes to show you that despite having a lineup riddled with elite, high end, high drafted, talented, skilled players, at some point you need to play fundamental hockey. And that's how you win games. And you know, you look at the rain, you know, look at the Ranger series last year in the first two games and the Devils tried to come out and they kind of lost their way in the first two games. And then the way that they were able to, they really like played a shutdown defensive scheme for the, for the rest of the series. And then they counter punched and, and took advantage of their speed through the neutral zone. It's like, we haven't seen any of that yet. Um, our back end has looked it's looked really bad. I mean, at what point are we going to, or not we, but at what point is Ruff going to realize, listen, this Marino ball pairing is not working. Right. And, 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 and real quick, Dad, and then Marino is just too valuable of a piece of this puzzle. Like coming into this season, if you were going to say, we're going to lose Graves and we're going to lose Severson, you couldn't say, and Marino's not going to play well either. That's you would be like, uh oh, like we're in big trouble. You know what I mean? So at some point, you have to, I think you have to make a move on the back end and just switch things up. Um, and it's, and, and we're going to get into Luke Hughes, but the, you know, the troubles on the back end are, are concerning because if you can't transition the puck from your own end through the neutral zone, you're really, your team speed is, is being wasted. 
The back end didn't look good last night, but our front end didn't help them. One of the one of the things I was most excited about going into this year was our third line. And our third line played like shit last night. I mean, Holla, uh, Holla, Holtz, and Mercer were just terrible. I mean, that Siegenthal, everybody's going to point the figure out Siegenthal for that first goal that he, you know, he, he turned it over or whatever. But nobody's nobody's in the right spot to, to pass the puck out of the zone. Hall is actually in his way. It was, they, that line was, that line was atrocious last night through the whole game. Okay. What about the defensive that we're talking about, though? The, the, the defense. The defense was the defense wasn't wasn't good either. But I think it has a lot to do with you're talking about transition and coming out of the zone and stuff. Being just being being where you're supposed to be, giving them giving them a target to hit um, coming out of the zone. That's I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, speaking of the back end, I think it was, you're playing from behind and I thought it was an opportunity that Luke Hughes forgot to really shine. You saw when the Devils have been playing from behind, they've been playing Hughes with Dougie and they're obviously trying to drive play and they're trying to get themselves back in the game. Uh, Luke Hughes was one of our best players last night, no doubt about it. Um, and, uh, he logged like 24 minutes of ice time. Like, so they relied on him heavily and leaned on him heavily. And he made plays all over the ice. His expected goals for, I believe, was in the upper 70s. And he's he's a guy who you might want to give a little freedom to and you might not have to shelter him. I mean, obviously, they didn't shelter him last night due to the circumstances, but he's somebody that you might not have to shelter as much as you think where you might want to try to move him up in the lineup and if you even wanted to move Marino down to the third pairing in the meantime, while he's trying to fight himself out of this little slump that he's in, you could you could protect yourself as well. So, um, Patty, what would you think of Luke Hughes last night? I thought Luke Luke Hughes was the uh, obviously the best, our best uh, defenseman in the offensive zone. Uh, absolutely agree with what you're saying. He has earned the right to not be, you know pushed down to this bottom pairing with Brendan Smith. I don't, I'm not talking about Brendan Smith. Brendan Smith was not the issue last night. That's the last time I'm going to mention him. Uh, right. He has absolutely earned the earned, earned a spot on the top line. These defensive, these defensive pairings absolutely need to be sh- reshuffled. I mean, personally, um, he's, it's not going to happen, but I believe that John Marino has warranted a healthy scratch. He has played atrocious and just, Exactly. So that, that, that's the thing. It's not going to happen. But in my opinion, his play has been so poor that I would not be upset if they healthy scratched him because he has just been a liability. Right. Um, the Siegenthaler Hamilton line on the back end, awful. Awful. Uh, Siegenthaler was responsible for two of those goals last night, you know, just getting caught out of position, uh, just, just, Unacceptable, really unacceptable. And I get what the pickle is saying. Holla contributed to that too. But really, as a whole, these defensive pairings have not worked. They just haven't worked in any game. You have to change it up. You have to. Um, And what's truly amazing is Ruff has no problem changing the the offensive lines around, yet he he won't touch them. Personally, I would like to see Luke Hughes – 
on that first pairing. And I, I believe that uh, despite John Marino's struggles, I believe Kevin Ball has been the best defensive defenseman this season. He completely shut down right. uh, Ovi last night. Uh, he was on him all game, and he was and Tom Wilson. And Tom Wilson. He has. I think uh, Kevin Ball has really taken a step forward, but it's kind of getting overshadowed by John Marino's piss poor play. And I'm a I'm a big Marino guy. Yeah, I was excited for him coming into this season. We were all excited coming in for the season. You know, at the beginning of the year when uh, the Penguins uh, cut Ty Smith, we were all like, "Wow, what a steal!" And now we're like, "Oh shit!" You know, maybe it wasn't that great. You know, but he something needs something needs to change. I'm not sure what it is. Where you put John Marino? What's going to help him succeed? But playing with Kevin Ball, not that it's Kevin Ball's fault, but playing on that line. Uh, it's not, it's not working. Right. Something, something's clearly not working. And I, to be honest, like, I think this is something that Marino is going to work himself out of. Um, and I still have a bunch of, I have a ton of faith in him and I think he played, he's a very cerebral player. So I, I think that those are the type of players to where, um, yeah, it's a confidence thing, you know? And, and once he gets a couple good games under his belt and he might need just a change of scenery as far as like playing, you know, maybe a couple less minutes or maybe and and what's crazy is Kevin Ball has been has been amazing. Siegenthaler's played good too. Maybe not so much last night, but I think that he's been one of our thank God that we yeah. have him. Otherwise I, like our only two defensive defensive, you know, defensemen are are him and Ball that yeah. are playing like up I didn't mean to say like say right that Siegenthaler was, you know, struggling this year. I mean he it, like last night it was like last night was not good for Siegs and it like a like two of those goals were on him, like completely. Yeah, well, you know, the the whole the whole game felt like a giant pond, mm-hmm. pond hockey game going on, and it was frustrating because this is a team that if you want to have the aspirations and you want to consider yourself a, a a a cup contender, you have to play with some sort of structure. You have to have some sort of you know you have to have to be held accountable and. um the biggest disappointment for me by far, uh, you know, we could talk about the third line. I mean, Halla is hurt. I don't care what anybody says. Halla is hurt. He took a hit in Montreal and he was on the bench. And he was getting his neck massaged and he has not looked the same. Halla is a guy that usually plays at 110 miles an hour and has no problems going to the dirty uh, areas of the ice. He started the season with a nagging injury. I don't think that that is... I think he's still dealing with that because he doesn't look like the same player and he does not look like he's at 100%. Uh, I respect the fact that he's out there playing right now, but hes I think he's hurting the team a little bit. Um, if you have to bring in a Nolan Foote or a Tice Thompson or something like that and you give him a rest and let him heal, this is the time to do it at the beginning of the season while you still have you know such a long season ahead of you. But um, I think Alexander Holtz, you know, last night, he was not good. Um, in Montreal, another story. In Montreal, he was very good. All right, so these are the two biggest disappointments for me. We'll finish off with this third line, and then we're going to jump up to the first line. Dawson Mercer needs to wake the fuck up. Like, I don't know what is going on in Dawson Mercer's world, but he is playing for a contract. He's supposed to be a pillar uh, part of this organization. He's the most lovable devil there is, along with the next guy I'm about to talk about. And I love Dawson Mercer, but he has been 
nowhere. And we're going on seven games we're, we're going on. And it's like, dude, like at some point you have to start making an impact, um, especially when you're put into a position where you're playing on a third line role. It's a lot of straight line, north and south, heart and soul, gritted out kind of shifts. And I'm just not seeing I'm not seeing the value in him right now. He's real. He's been he's been a real disappointment in these first you know what's going to happen is like I'm worried that it's going to keep rolling. Next thing you know, it's going to be ten. It's going to be twelve games. Next thing you know, it's fifteen games, and you're like, dude, all right, it's we're fifteen games into the season. A lot of times, the NHL standings and stuff have themselves sorted out by Thanksgiving. That's like you know the rule of thumb. And if you don't have Mercer going, and Hall is injured, and you don't have some of your other guys going, it's going to turn into a problem. I mean, what do you think the deal is with Dawson Mercer, Dad? I think he's on a milk carton. He hasn't showed up yet. I mean, he's not playing. He's not playing good either end of the ice. Um, he's probably playing a little better defensively than offensively, but he's not. I don't see him playing as physical. I don't see him, you know, playing with any confidence at all. He's not making any plays, uh, setting up people around him. He's just he's MIA. He's MIA. And uh, when you have, you know, then you have a. Like you were saying, Halla is definitely hurt. We talked about this last night when you were driving home. Um, he's definitely hurt, and Holt just doesn't show up. You know, I, I don't know what to do there. I think Mercer well, has to show up. Holt has shown up this entire no, I'm, season. I'm talking about when all three of them don't show up for a night, It's it hurts. And, you know, it hurts pretty bad. Mercer has to come out from whatever funk he's in right now, and he's got to he's got to start shooting the puck more and getting in front of the net is what he has to do. Um, you, buddy? Uh, the pickle touched on it a little earlier, but the third and fourth lines absolutely got their asses kicked last night, like completely dominated for, by, by Washington. The whole, the all, all six of them on, on the bottom six. Uh, the Dawson. Uh, you know, I thought I, you know, I predicted him to break out of it, out of it this week. Um, just is the issue him playing on those bottom and on those bottom six lines. Is that the issue? I mean, it shouldn't be, but it is it, be. but, the, but as a, as a whole, uh, forward issue, the team is not generating offense in every game, every game this year, the team is not generating offense unless Jack Hughes is on the ice. It's it's a, it's a it's a team wide issue. Jack Hughes is the only one that's generating offense, yeah. and the rest of the team is doing jack shit if he's not on the ice. And it's getting very frustrating. And like, what's the answer? I don't know what the answer is, but do we do we make do we, does a line go to Nico, Timo, and Jesper to make like an elite line for them to get it? Like, hey guys, like, like I don't know. Well, well we, well we could talk about that because. I thought Timo Meyer was. was awesome last night. Timo Meyer was one of the best players on the ice by far. He led the he led every skater on the ice and expected goals for at seventy five. You know who he's playing with? Um, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm saying I'm not. I'm not. I think that this is the first time that we've seen Timo yeah. Meyer have chemistry with anybody on the Devils, and you're you have a big physical winner. I mean. He was like a bull going down the ice all night. He was driving play. He's on a three-game point streak. Um, 
I really liked his game last night. Like I thought last night was Timo Meyer's best game of the season. And I think it was one of his best games that he's ever played as a devil, despite it being literally the ugliest devil's game that I've watched in forever. So um, I am encouraged by Meyer looking like he's getting a little bit of chemistry with Jack Hughes and to Foley um, before we that. And that's the good stuff. Let's get this crap out of the way though. First. So um, I would say the most disappointing player. So there, you know, Dawson Mercer's up there. Marino's up there. And my boy, Nico Escher has to be the most disappointing player on the devils right now. He is nowhere to be found. He looks like he's weak on his skates. He is not crisp and decisive and uh you know his passes have been off he doesn't look like i mean i think he's always giving a hundred percent but i don't know if he's out of shape or if he didn't work out as hard in the off season or what but he looks like a complete non-factor and i mean he was the favorite going into this season to be the um the selkie top selkie candidate and it's like Dude, like Patrice Bergeron did not have eight game streaks, seven, six game streaks where he was completely a non-factor. And you're supposed to be the captain of the team, dude. Like, so um, what do you think is going on with Nico, Patty? To me, he looks out of shape. He looks out of shape. He looks slow. Um, he's behind the play. He looks he's he's just like just dragging ass out there. And like when when they ha- like when he is on the ice with Jesper and and uh, or even Timo, like they look like he's just behind the play. Um, maybe 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 it was a little you know off season, you know taking it for granted that they knew they were going to be good. I don't know, uh, but he is. But I but my whole thing is that he's not the only one. And while I agree he has been the biggest disappointment, I'm going to come back to it like unless Jack Hughes is on the ice, the whole team is not generating offense. Like they're just not. And like the, the uh, teams aren't respecting, aren't respecting them when they come into the offensive zone, unless Jack Hughes is on the ice, because the rest of the team is just slow, slower than they're supposed to be slower than nine. Then we all know they are. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't answer. My thing with Nico Heischer is I think he's out of shape and he is just, you know, really dragging ass in this first part of the season. Yeah, we talked about this last night, too. It looked like, you know, I was saying Hall looked like he was hurt and Nico couldn't stay on his feet. I mean, he just didn't look he didn't look strong on his feet and he is playing behind everybody. And going backwards a little bit, uh, trying to get uh, Mercer out of his funk, Mercer had his best his best games when he was playing with Nico. So flipping Nico and or flipping um, Palat and Mercer could be could be a good solution because Brat, you know, Brat's another guy that is playing fast. I think Brat is Brat's been you know he's he's been a driving force and maybe getting them two together too could could kind of help them. And yeah. help Nico get out of his funk a little bit too. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, and then you have Holt to be playing with Palat and 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 Halla. 
I don't think that really I don't think those guys really complement his game very well. Um and I just want to go on record. I, I kind of like what Holtz is doing. Like, I think that there is an opportunity for him to be a real NHL player, score goals. He's he's bigger than people think he is just because he's a, a skilled player. He He's big, like, and he plays well along the boards. And I, I, I think, you know, I don't think that he's going to get sat or he's going to be a healthy scratch anytime soon. So I think he's going to have the opportunity to continue to grow his game and kind of like settle in a little bit, which has always been an issue with uh, the way that they've managed him. Uh, the- I agree. They, they have to give, they have, we, we as fans have to be a little patient with Holtz. He's playing, he's playing just fine. Uh, just, just give him, Give him a little bit, okay? Right. Like he's not—he's not, he's not going to set the—he's not going to set the world on fire in these in these first couple of weeks. Just let him develop his game. I am not worried about. He is Alexander Holtz is one of the least yeah, players. He's, I'm. He's I'm worried not about. the biggest problem. Yeah, yeah it, like we didn't lose last night because Holtz didn't play well. Um, Absolutely not. You know, a guy who I think you know we talked about the fourth line. I thought that Curtis Lazar is actually. I kind of like his game a little bit. It's very simple. It's very straight lines. He throws the body. Um, and you wonder, like, what's going to happen? Like, one of the questions that we got from uh, Pubius was, what's going to happen? He really liked Lazar's game. What's going to happen when Nosek comes back? Do they take Lazar out of the lineup and, and to play him? I don't think you could do that right now. I think he's become a fan favorite. I think there's a lot of people that are behind him because he the simplicity of his game and the he plays with a ton of heart. He drove to the net tough last night. I mean, he took everybody out on the way there, which I you kind of like to see. We're so ticky-tacky perimeter team. It was good to see somebody really drive to the net like that. So I've been really happy with the play of uh, Curtis Lazar. You know, last night was it was really disappointing. Like, the puck management was, was god-awful. They have an opportunity to play versus a very slow team coming off of a back-to-back, and... You come out in the first period. This is a rookie goaltender. He's never played before. You get two shots on him in the first period. It's like that is so unacceptable. Um, we couldn't pass. Our forwards and our defense played very little defense. Um, I thought that they just got wrapped up in this circus-like game to where they lost all control of you know, soundness and structure and what the team's game plan is and, and should be moving forward. Um, and I had this like uh, clip here because this is the first time that, you know, everybody likes to blame the coach, especially when you get off to a slow start. But if you remember just a week ago, Lindy had him doing bag skates, you know what I mean? So it's not, right. like he's yeah. not addressing this at some point it's up to the players to execute. And he kind of laid into him uh, in the post-game press conference, and uh, here's an audio clip from that. What What is the trend that's happening right now with your team that needs to be corrected? Uh, we've got to win more battles. We've got to uh, compete harder on the puck. I think you look at uh, tonight's first period, uh, every battle went to them. Uh, our puck play was atrocious. Um, passing... We couldn't go tape to tape. We missed passes. Um, I thought we were a soft team. Do you have any understanding for why that keeps happening in the first period? You know what? I've been asked this a number of times, and you would think by now we'd have it figured out. 
it is something we have to figure out as a group. Um, I thought we got what we deserve tonight. I mean, that's those are pretty bold. That's pretty bold. We were soft and we got what we deserve tonight. And um, to be honest, like I kind of, I kind of like to hear it as as a fan. You know what I mean? Like it's like everybody's been blowing smoke up these kids' ass for the past, you know, through the whole off season. They've had one season of success. I worried about regression. I worried about the lack of um, experience on the back end. And it's kind of, ha- and like the goaltending was an issue and like that we're kind of seeing all that. We also, we, the whole world thought that we had the best top nine in the entire league and they really haven't been able to do anything. And we'll get into the good stuff now because Jack Hughes is, looks like um, Jesus Christ superstar because he is at 17 points in six games the only other players to do that so far are Mario Lemieux, the great one, and Mike Bossy. He has been phenomenal. I think we brought it up in the last episode. I don't think I have ever seen a Devils forward play with as much offensive skill as I'm watching right now. Every time he's on the ice, he's making stuff happen. Um, and you have to love the the patience and then the hockey IQ that you're seeing from Tyler to Foley to be in the right place at the right time. Parlay that with the open ice that's created from Jack. And then the shot that Toffoli has Toffoli's shot is filthy. Like that release is gross and he hits the net. Like he hits the net pretty much every time. So Toffoli has got nine points and six goals in his last six games. The trade was one for one for Sharon Govich. I feel like we haven't, we've been waiting for a shooter for so long. We just haven't had a, we haven't had a sniper like that. And since probably Kovalchuk, I mean, in all, in all intents and purposes, like just, it is so refreshing to see. And he, and I'm like, I think he's going to score 40 plus goals. I really do. Uh, Jack Hughes, on the other hand, Jack Hughes has the highest or the lowest odds to win the Hart Trophy right currently. He's at plus three hundred to win the Hart. He's got right. he's got better uh, better odds than than Connor McDavid right now, which is That's crazy. A crazy thought, you know. Uh, I love I love it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, how great is that? And rightfully so. He's been amazing. He's literally carrying the team on his back. Um, and like I said, I think like Timo, it's been the really first time that I've been like damn, like Timo and Jack look like they're on the same page. And Timo was just, last night I could physically, I felt like I was feeling him driving the whole play down the ice. When he's he's got that look on his face, he's crazy looking. And, um, you know, he, he led the team in, ex- he led all the players on the ice in expected goals for percentage. And he led the team, the, the, the team in hits too. So I mean he's been he's been physically uh a bull as well. I think that little wake up call was good for him and he's really answered the bell and I like his response since. So um big shout out to to Timo and to uh Jack Hughes. One thing that I kind of wanted to get into after you said, you know, the top the, like have the best top 9 and they have struggled immensely immensely across the board but they're averaging four goals a game, which is six best in the NHL, which considering how poor they've been, 
Like we're all sitting here waiting for it to happen. And there's, it's still kind of happening. And it is. Yeah. And we're just, but we're all waiting for this explosion. Maybe our, our, are our expectations too high at this no, point? No, I, I I think that I, I I don't I don't I so like I I agree I get it that like stat wise we're sixth in the league in scoring in the first period we're minus six in goals. That, yeah, you're not gonna win if and you're not gonna win with that. You're playing from behind. You know what I mean? Like you're constantly playing from behind. In the second period we're plus seven in goals, and in the third period we're even. So it's like. No, like we're allowed to be disappointed in the defensive and the structure of the team as well. We're expecting them to grow off of their season last year. I mean, if it's not for Jack Hughes, where are we? Dog shit. Dog yeah. shit. And we have way too many people on our team that are very good, talented people that should be contributing that aren't. I think it's fair. I think it's fair criticism. Um and I love what Dougie's been doing. I do. He's this guy, like the amount of shots that he has on net every night and the way that he drives play. He scored again last night too, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been no, he didn't, phenomenal. No, he didn't score last night. No, it was what? It was Timo, Nico, Toffoli, and Toffoli twice, right? Yeah. It was two, two Toffolis. Yeah. Two yeah. Toffolis, Nico, and Timo. Yeah. Um, I, I just really like what I've seen out of, out of Dougie. He hasn't, he's, lived up to the hype and he's lived which was really hard because he had a career year season last year mm-hmm. i think that he's he's been there let's get back into you have anything to cover off of last night again anything else you guys want to touch about on last night uh no i'm good what uh, actually what's maybe a fun fun stat uh i rewatched the game from the tnt broadcast this morning and uh i don't know if you guys saw it but uh marty Marty came on the broadcast and uh, I saw kudos, that, yeah. kudos to the uh, to the stack guys over at TNT because they aired a graphic. Marty Brodor had more career points than uh, Paul Bissonette did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's, just, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. I think that they shorted cool. him a goal, too. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we can get back into Wednesday night. The world was all rosy and all things were right in the world. Every NHL team, it was played for the first time and they did a staggered start. And this was the first time they did this frozen frenzy uh, thing. What was your thoughts, Dad? What was your thought on the frozen frenzy? I thought that was pretty sharp. I'd like to see them keep that. Um, It was fun trying to trying to see it, which I, you know, trying to go back and forth and catch little bits and pieces of it. I thought it was good. I thought it was a lot of, it was a lot like the red zone. It was a lot of fun. What'd you think, Patty? I thought it was awesome. I mean, obviously we were watching from we were watching MSG, but uh in between periods and then after the Devils game was over, it was I loved it. it you know, I thought it was great. I really hope they continue to try to build on their hockey content because when they when ESPN does try to cover like when they get John Butchie Gross, when they do this frozen frenzy stuff, when they had Barry Melrose, they, they kind of knock it out of the park, but they don't put enough time, effort and resources into it. Yeah. So yeah, agreed. let's uh, keep it, keep it going. Keep it going. ESPN. Can we get Gary Thorne back? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. That would be great. Yeah. So we watched the frozen frenzy. That was good. Um, and the, the devils went up into Montreal and they looked like last year's team for the first time, I would say. Um, and they played a very well-rounded game. 
I thought VTech made a bunch of big saves. One of the things that we talked about, Dad, that we didn't agree upon last night on the way home from the game, me, Kyle, and you, was you said that you didn't think that VTech was playing well. We were talking about overall for for this season. Right. I didn't say I wasn't talking about last night. I thought he No, I'm talking about for the second period. I'm talking about for the season too. Well, for the season, he's if you look at his stats, his save percentage isn't great. It's over nine hundred now, which is kind of average. What is he ranked? Maybe about thirty fifth? I'm not sure. I'll have to I'll look that up right now. I mean But I don't think think uh, I don't think he's I don't I wouldn't say he's I wouldn't say he's playing bad, but I wouldn't say that he's playing he's not playing at the level he played last year. He's got a nine hundred save percentage. Which is probably what? Average? Let's look at it. But you watch the games. Do you think he's playing well or not? I think he's playing I do think he's playing okay. I just think he could play better. Patty, what do you think? Of, I think VTech's been all right. Like, I don't have a problem with VTech's game at all. I I don't have a problem with VTech's game. Um, I think going into a game that the, our level of talent with VTech and Net will beat anybody. Um, again, I guess it's a higher expectation thing. I I do think he should be playing a little bit better. You know, there was that one that first goal for Montreal that that rebound was absurd. It was like. I, I thought I thought it was entirely his fault. Maybe you I mean you guys can all, if somebody disagrees with me, go for it. But I thought that was really piss poor on his end, and I was like, God damn, VTech. Um, the 900 save percentage, I think we it needs to go up. And he's playing well, and this team's going to score your goals, but you can't rely on scoring four and five goals every night. I know this team is talented enough to do it, but. We got to make a few more saves, VTech. And uh, you guys, you both of you know, I say it all the time. You do. I say it all the time. I'm a huge VTech guy. Uh, but I think he has, he just, I think he needs a couple more games under his belt is, is what I is what I think. He yeah. does. He, he does. And I'm not believing, I'm not, I wasn't bad mouthing him or, or talking bad about him because he is by far our best option right now. His stats do have him at 35th in the league. And I think that it, you know, it's only going to get better any with defense that. in front of him either. You know what I mean? Like, no, I hear you. And it's, you know, you look how Hellebuck is, is below him. So it's, you know, it's still early. It's not, um, you know, you can't put the blame on, on, you know, you might be able to say some of the wins you could, you could, you know, pin wins on guys, but you can't put pin the, any of our losses. No, you can't. And he gives us a chance to win. Like for the most part, he gives us a chance to win every night. And there's nights where he doesn't have it just like everybody else, just like where this person didn't have it, but I feel like he's consistent. You know what I mean? Like he, he, you kind of know what you're getting for the most part. It it was weird. Like down the stretch last year, his game fell off a little bit. And I think it's because he played in a lot more games than he ever has before. But he was so consistent last year. It was, like, nice to get some saves. Like, you get a big save every once in a while. It could go a long way to win in some games. I mean, we haven't right. had Goal, – Goalies winning games. We haven't had a goaltender like, that can make some big saves for us in forever, and he did last year. I, I don't think that he's an elite goalie. I think he's average to a little bit above average. And if you could play and, you know, if you let up one soft one, but you make a couple big saves that you're not supposed to each night, if with the devil's scoring power, they should be in every game. So – um, I think the story, obviously, from 
the Montreal game was Tyler Toffoli goes back to Montreal after being a former player there and has a hat trick. Uh, we talked about his release. The shots that he had were were insane. And um, Dougie Hamilton, he had five shots on net again in Montreal. Jack Hughes, four assists. And Alexander Holtz got his first goal of the year too. And it was, yeah. it was not a typical Alexander Holtz goal either where he had a ton of room and space and he let a big shot go. He made it, he took it on his backhand in like kind of like a scrummy kind of part of the ice in the middle of the ice and was able to net one. And you'd like to see some of the skilled guys get some like kind of garbage goals once in a while. I think that, I think that that's was old school, thing. old school devil's hockey that holds goal. Yep. Yeah. It's being in the right place at the right time. Yep. Um, all right. Well, we actually, we're going to do, we're going to do something new right now, dad. You don't even know that we're going to do this. Okay. Oh, oh God. You're going to put me on the spot here. Well, Did you see Toffoli's uh, interview after that Montreal game? Not to to interrupt what no. you're doing, but it was funny. They were asking him, uh, did you feel bad when you missed the empty net? You know, when they had pulled the goalie, he missed it like twice. And he goes, yes, of course I felt bad. I felt horrible. It was like, what did you expect? Amanda Stein, I think, asked him. It's like, what did you expect him to say? It's like, yeah, he felt like shit. He was he was banging his stick. Oh, he's such like a guy's guy. Oh, like, absolutely. Tafori is just such a guy's guy. They showed his face up on the board last night after he scores his goals and his eyes are like half shut. He's just like. Looks like he just walked out of the bar and is about to smoke a stove or something like that. Um, <laughs> but um, so we got Patty Patty Shambro on. He's going to be joining the show, um, and he had an idea. And this is a new segment that we're going to do. We have all kinds of new segments. Okay, we're just we're really branching out. This one <laughs> is called Trivia with Patty. That's right. So we're going to be having Patty Chambro on regularly. And he's going to be giving us a little trivia. Dad, me versus you. And it doesn't oh, have to be go. all devil stuff. It could be. Oh, make it Sopranos. <laughs> oh, you think you got me in Sopranos, huh? All right, so this is the first time we've done this. I really don't, I really, I really don't know what uh, Patty has up his sleeve right now, but uh, go What's ahead, up, Patty. Boys? Let's so got. we got first, first, uh, first rendition of trivia with Patty. We're going to be doing three questions today. Hopefully, the third question is your tiebreaker. Our first question today. Now, no cheating, no looking at your phones. I'll know. Uh, no, no. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna start marking uh, the uh, score so we can have a tally. <laughs> yeah. First question: This devil during the 1993-94 season led the team in points with 78. 93-94. John McLean. Is that your final answer? Is how is it going to work? Is it we're going to give one answer yeah, and then well, he gives yeah, an you answer? Talk, yeah, you can talk. You can talk it out. And uh, you're a bolt. You're. Uh... How do you want to do it, Dad? You want to do you get an answer, then I get an answer, and then we each get like yeah, two yeah. Guesses I'll give you. Or three I'll, guesses I'll, I'll give you both. I'll give sure. you both that two guesses. Good. 
Okay. Okay. All right. I got I got uh, John McClain is going to be first my pick. first. And you pick. can you can, obviously if you think the answer um, is right, you can steal that pick. Well, then I should just wait I, to do my picks because he's going to steal mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Claude, Claude. Lemieux. I'm gonna say Claude Lemieux. You are both. Your both of your uh, first guesses are incorrect. Now you got your okay. double elimination. 93-94. Most points, 72 points. 78. 78 points. I'll give you both, give you both a hint this, this one time. I'll give you a hint. He holds the team record with 60 assists, and it comes from that season. Scott Stevens. That's a pretty good guess. I was going to say it was probably on the back end. It was probably Scott Stevens. But being as you said, it was Scott Stevens. Yeah, I would I would go the same. I would have said the same thing. I thought you were going to give your hint was going to be that it's a, a defensive player. That would be I too easy. Say Scott Stevens. The answer is Scott Stevens, the captain. Yeah, right. that's what I'm talking about. 78 points on their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, one of the best seasons by a dev, Devils defenseman ever. Question. No, you wait, hold on. You know what we'll do, Dad? From moving forward, we'll just write our answers uh, down. And there then you we'll go. Hold. Oh, there you, go. there you go. That's a good idea. So we got That's point one idea. to Bill Jr. Our second question of the evening. During season three, episode one of The Sopranos, titled Mr. Ruggiero's Neighborhood. The FBI uses this code name for Tony's house. The pork store. Bill Jr. <laughs> the pork factory. Uh, I, I'm, I got nothing. I'm drawing a blank. I'm giving it to the factory, pickle. Right? The answer was the sausage factory, and he's getting the point. <laughs> the sausage factory. All right, we I got like a tiebreaker it. now. That's this right. is the final questions. It's 1 1. Nobody knows what the holds. <laughs> All right, question number three the tiebreaker. During the 1988 playoffs, Devils head coach Jim Schoenfeld famously shouted, have another donut, you fat pig, at a referee. Who, was who were the Devils playing in that playoff series? Ooh. Yeah, they got into the fight down the runway. Um, who were they playing in that playoff series? The first time the New Jersey Devils ever made the playoffs. I'm going to go Buffalo Sabres. Bill Sr. And I'm going to go I'm going to go Ding Boston. ding ding ding. The winner is Bill Sr. the pickle. Oh. <laughs> oh, dad, look at you. Jeez. Uh, was that the uh was that the series where Ken Danico is holding back uh, uh what was he holding back? Shanahan over the glass. No. Uh, yeah, Brendan Shanahan. Well done. Well done, Pickle. Good for you. There you go. Way to go. Way to go, Pat. Yeah. That was fun, too. 
Yeah, that was good. Um, that was good. Now, what we could do is um, we could get right into uh, billion dollar picks. All right, let's go. So, last week, we were three and three coming into last week. Uh, and sure enough, we went three and one last week. So we're five and two in our last seven games, six and four on the season. Devils killed me last night. Would have went four for four. So I got two games for Friday night. One, I'm doing my first over under. They got the Chicago Blackhawks at Vegas. The over under is six, which is actually kind of low. It's usually six and a half. Um, Vegas is tied for the league lead in goals. They have seven wins in a row. They're seven and zero. Chicago's lost three in a row, but I believe in my boy Connor Bedard. I think that it's going to be a little bit closer. I could see this being four three Vegas on the road and hitting the over. So that's my first pick. Second pick is the Minnesota Wild playing. The Washington Capitals, I know that the Capitals just beat us. I do not think that they're any good. And I like the I like the value in it. It's Minnesota minus 105. Minnesota is 3-2-1. and one. They have 25 goals for and 13. Um, and the Capitals only have 13 goals for. Think about this. In the five games prior to the Capitals playing the Devils, five games, they had seven total goals. And last night, they had five goals with a goal taken off. So they literally were one goal away from their previous five total games. That's how bad we were last night. Um, And I don't think Washington's going to be able to keep up with Minnesota. Patty, what do you got? I wrote wrote down a few. Uh, I know nobody's going to get this in time, but my picks for tonight were Avs puck line, or as Bill Sr. called it, the turd line. Uh, (laughs) uh, Avs (laughs) Avs puck line and Wings money line for tonight. I'm not counting those as my picks. I just want to go on record because I think they're both going to hit. As as far as Friday goes, my billion-dollar picks, I am also doing my first over-under on the season. I don't think the Devils' uh, goaltending issues are going to get sorted out on Friday, so I'm going Devils Sabers over seven, minus one ten. Good odds. The Devils are going to score. Sabers are rock solid. Don't think the Devils' goaltending is going to fig- get figured out by then. Going to be a high-scoring game just like last night. My next play: Canucks puck line plus one thirty-six for St. Louis. I think Tockett has that team playing great. I think there's a chance they sneak into the playoffs this season. Uh, that's what I got. Devils, Sabres over seven and Canucks puck line for Friday night. I love it. So there are our boy Uncle Phil's uh, billion dollar picks. Uncle Philly, Uncle Philly, my ass. Uncle Philly, my ass. You know ass. how you get on the one. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> So here we go, and then now we're going to get into this week's True Enemies. Our true enemy has yet to reveal himself. Okay, so our True Enemies. Uh, Tomorrow night, the Devils play the Buffalo Sabres in Newark. Buffalo's kind of in a weird situation. They're kind of playing similar to the Devils. They're they're not really living up to their expectations. 
Um, they have a roster filled with talent. And, uh, I, you know, I we brought up uh, Jack High, and then we brought up Tom Wilson. I think when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres, yeah, you have to watch out for Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, he's the best player on the team. Um, and he can throw some big hits as well. I'm not worried about the hits so much. He leads their team in points. So he's got uh, seven points in seven games. And he is uh, one of the best defensemen in the league. He can move the puck really well. It's going to be a a real run-and-gun uh, type of game, in my opinion. Uh, I agree with you, Patty. I think that over is would be the bet if I was taking that one. And then I look at the Minnesota Wild, and which is a Sunday 5 o'clock game, which, you know, oh, I forgot to tell you guys this. I was like, we were like waiting at the top of the stairs last night to get down. And it was like during play. So everybody like congregates at the top of the stairs because you're not allowed to walk down and like, you know, get in people's way. And there was this super old Irish dude, like with gray hair, wearing a Jets hat. And he, and we're all like standing up there, like squeezed in. And he just starts screaming out, J E T S, Jets. <laughs> And nobody said anything, and, and and no one pretended like they heard him. And then I just turned around and went, shut up, buddy. Nobody cared. <laughs> and he was like, oh, what's your problem? And I was like, dude, it's Jets-Giants this week. You know what I mean? Like, that's you're going to get some of yeah, that really. right, when you yell out stupid shit. And, uh, but, yeah, so uh, – but the Jets-Giants is at 1 o'clock – I know there's a lot of people that are thinking about going and hanging out in the parking lot of the Giants game, maybe going in, catching some of the game, and then driving right over to the Rock for the five o'clock uh, puck drop. So, uh, Patty, you're going into you're going in and watching yep, the I'm game. I'm going to take an early no? train. Uh, well, my friends want me to come to their tailgate uh, at the Giants game. I don't think that's going to fly for me. I'm going to take an early train in, into Newark. Um, probably watch the game at either. I probably watch the first half at Bellows and then make my way towards Edison Place. Um, maybe even Krugs. Mm, I might go to Krugs. It's a little far. Yeah, would you go to? You went to some barbecue place last night. You were saying it was great, dude. I looked it up. Yeah, dude, it looked. And that's how you know it's shit. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. So yeah. I, I actually I took a date last night, and you know, like you know, very like you know. You know, I wonder this, I didn't uh, run into you last night. You were first, like, yeah. you know, kind of like posh, you know, goody two shoes blonde girl. We get out of the car where I park kind of further in Newark. Uh, so I don't have to pay. Uh, we get out of the car and she goes, follow me. And I'm like, what? She's like, I know where we're going to go eat. And that's where she takes us. It's called McHorter, uh, McHorter Barbecue. No it's really? on McHorter Street, about four or five blocks away from Prudential Center. Cash only, very inexpensive. Absolutely amazing absolutely amazing yeah wow yeah Sounds like and she ordered game. and she ordered us ribs wow <laughs> <laughs> wow look at you dude finger looking good i like it <laughs> no so no, was no, this your first, first date but uh well it was like, like it was only our like, oh. second or third time hanging out so the fact that she ordered the fact oh, okay. that she ordered so did ribs you get on in front of me i was like yeah you gotta yeah. get yeah That's you gotta cool. love that that's real cool. But did you no, get on I the didn't. table and start <laughs> banging? Uh... He, he was not place last night. I, I told her about it. She knows about it. We'll get that going on uh, Sunday. Sunday, absolutely. Because I will be 
many beers deep when uh, the Devils game starts on on Sunday. Yeah, by the time the by, yeah. yeah by the time the puck drops, I mean there's going to be a lot yeah. of drunk Jets and yeah, Giants. Depending fans, how, uh, on how the Giants the play, I might um, be wasted. <laughs> right. Um, it's a big one. Like this is the big. This is the biggest Jets and Giants game. I mean, this is the biggest game in a long time for for both teams. I think. I mean, especially uh, the Jets who are the most overhyped 500 football team of all time. I mean, like that's, there's a, there's a lot of jets hype going on right now, but good for them. I mean, uh, yeah, I know. So let's get into, uh, uh, I'm looking at the Minnesota wild and I, I'm trying to think of Ourselves. who our enemies would be there. I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. Like Kiprasov obviously sounds like the guy, but I don't know. I, you know, you look Joel Erickson Eck right now. He's got nine points in six games. He's on fire. Um, but I'm going to go with Devil's Legend Dakota Mermis. Okay. Dakota Mermis. That's who I'm worried about. Um, no, not really. I don't know. I look at their team and I'm just like, this team kind of sucks. They don't really. The Devils are, or the the Devils, the the Wild kind of remind me of just like the Devils from yeah twenty years ago With the, yeah but without the talent that's, that's kind of what the uh, the Islanders remind right. me of like the two thousand totally. late two thousand uh, Devils that's that's what the <laughs> Islanders remind me of yeah they got a long rebuild yeah. coming in the next decade for them Oof. it's gonna be brutal. Um, you guys have any uh, any true enemies on uh, this these Buffalo and Minnesota games you want to point out? I'd say Tage Thompson's a guy you got to worry about, and uh, Marco Rossi breaks out. He's gotten off to a slow start. He's going to break out. Nah, he's actually he's not so bad. He's got two goals in six games. I was really high on him coming out of the draft. I was too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about, worried about our, our back end and our goaltending. There are true. There, <laughs> there, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you exactly who our true enemies are. Because the fact of the matter is that the Devils should should beat these two teams. They are better than these two teams. Uh, there is, yep. There was absolutely zero excuse to lose last night. Um, and if they, they should not lose one of these two games. It is abysmal if they do. Uh, so my true enemy... They, uh, from Uncle Sill is absolutely the Devils themselves. Yep, I would agree with you. Um, he, if you guys saw Nemitz is back and he is in a full contact jersey practicing, yep. and he's gonna he's gonna be playing in his first games. And uh, I definitely screamed, uh, "We want Nemitz!" Uh, during was that the was that was you? So <laughs> that was me. That was me. We got that going for us. So, uh, yeah, man, that's all I got. You guys got anything you want to uh, chime in on uh, before we wrap this up? Let's go, Devils. I got nothing. No? Word. Well, uh, we have a long stretch of games that are going to be coming pretty regularly, and I think this is a good opportunity for the Devils to work out some of these kinks. Uh, They're going to hit the road, which should take a little pressure off of them and play in front of their home fans. And, you know, I I think when they, they simplify things on the road a little bit, their game, and hopefully they could take these two games at home because they haven't played good uh, in the Prudential Center. Hopefully they take advantage of these two games before they go on a road a road trip and, you know, the team bonds and they, they start to simplify things a little bit. But I think there's 
we're going we're gonna to see a lot and figure out a lot over the next week and a half with the amount of games that they're going to be playing. And it's kind of nice because I feel like there's been pretty big gaps in between um, in between puck, like puck drop, right? Like I feel like we waited four days for a game like not too long ago. It's like you want it, you want a game every other night or every two nights or something like that. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. You've been listening to The Trap. We had a bunch of questions that we really didn't get to. I think we answered most of them just kind of organically through our conversation. Um, a lot of people asked about like what yeah. the deal is with the slow starts. Yeah. I don't shout, know. Shout don't out know my friend Chris Fonte. I know he submitted um, that question. Sorry we didn't uh, get to it in more detail. Yeah, that's always the best when you when you ask people to submit questions and then you don't yeah. get to them. People, people <laughs> love that. Uh, but yeah, Pubius hit me up. We talked about that and about NoSec. We had Deke Freak 72 uh, He said he's not a, a fan of the ball Marino pairing, um, which we talked about that. I mean, I, I, we're not either. Uh, one of the questions was, what the fuck? Just a general question. I like that I one. Know, man. I like a, that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good, that's a, that's a really good question. Yeah, that is a good question. We're, I can't answer that one. Uh, this, this Zach J, he actually says, uh, it's clear Ruff is really missing Brunette behind the bench. When will Ruff uh, be held accountable for horrendous coaching and not being able to get young, highly skilled team off the faster starts? I think he's done his part as far as being a little more disciplined, maybe not being as player friendly. He made him do the bag skate. At some point, I think you have to look at the players and you have to have the players in the locker room. Um, they, they're the ones that need to step up. Uh, you know, do we miss Burnett? Yeah, maybe in certain parts of our games, but our power play has never looked better. And it's like, so uh, I think there's a give and take when it comes to that. Uh, Dawson Mercer, Devils might be in need of a stud goalie if the season continues like this. Other than Hellebuck, who's on your wish list? He'll start with Husi Saros. We've kind of touched on Saros before. I think he would just cost us too much. And I don't think that Barry Trotz is going to want to get rid of him unless it's going to be for a significant haul. And I'm not really sure the Devils are willing to do that right now. We'll see how Schmid plays over the, the fact next of the matter games. is there is no um, out there that they can trade the, for. They, there just isn't. The Predators are not going to give up Soros. It's like when we uh, we as Devil fans keep saying that there's no way Barry Trotz trades him unless it's for a massive haul. And Hellebuck just re-signed in Winnipeg. He's not going anywhere. Uh, so figure it. We the Devils themselves yep. have to figure it out. When it comes to the goaltending, because you're not getting, you're not going to get any outside help. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, it, maybe some things could open up as the trade deadline approaches if a team's really out of it. But I mean, if a team's really out of it, I mean, is their goaltender really that good? I, I, I'd have to get the. Is team he better than Vitek? Because I'm not I'm really sure. Willing to bet he's um, right. So we'll wait and we'll see what happens. But um, Patty, thanks for coming on. Dad, the pickle, thank you. <clears throat> thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you guys for listening. You've been listening to the Trap Podcast. My name is Bill Botch, and we will get back to you soon. Peace. Peace.